to it. Oh, Lock Talk Lock Radio. Talk Radio. Here we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, thank you. We're all happy because all the hurricanes are out into the Atlantic and not hitting us. So, so yay far. for yay for that. <laughs> so far, so far. So there's, there's three, so far, three things in the Pacific. <laughs> Yeah, there's three things in the Pacific, three things in the Atlantic. We don't, you know, we pretty much know where they're going, but whatever. Yeah. It's what and maybe something in the yeah. Gulf. Who knows? You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That time of year, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's the peak peak of oh. the season, I think they say. Peak of the season. So, all right. Yeah. So welcome well, to the. We're back live again. Uh, all about wine. It is. What is today? The 19th, September 19th, 2019. Oh, at 9.19 and 19 seconds tonight, it will be 9.19.19.9.19.19. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, you know, here's your number follow. 9.19 is right now, but 9.19.19 at 19 minutes after 9 o'clock tonight at 19 seconds after 19 minutes, so 919199919. So, it will not happen again. This is your last chance. It won't happen again. No, not for ever. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't 29. Oh, yeah, so it'll be 2119 all happen again. So, 100 years. So, so all of you young kids out there, 100 years from now, you might experience it, but. Never for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is it. There's a lot of once in a lifetime events when it comes to celestial things. So, so yeah. Well, did you have your cheeseburger yesterday for National Cheeseburger Day? I did, and I didn't, and I totally forgot that it was Cheeseburger Day. But I uh, I went to uh, Burger King because it was open. They had it torn up for like two weeks. They were redoing the drive-through, mm. and then they just decided to to redo the whole parking lot. And uh, so I was like, oh, let me go check them out. And I went there, and uh, I just happened to order a number one with cheese. And then I got home, and then I real I I don't know what I was looking at, but it might have been my notes or something. But I said, oh wait a minute, I'm having a cheeseburger on National Cheeseburger Day. National Cheeseburger Day, you said. To. That's very good. Yeah. I, yeah. I to, did you have? Thank you. Did you I, have one? Or, or? No, no. Actually, <laughs> I I forgot about it being National Cheeseburger oh. Day until about. I know, I know. Until about uh, 
I don't know, about 8 o'clock last night, and it had already ate, and it was <laughs> 8, and I thought about, maybe I can mm-hmm. run down and get myself a cheeseburger. There's a McDonald's about, you know, five minutes from us, but I thought, no, sure. just, yeah, and so I didn't. So, well, but good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you did. That's, yeah, it was you know, one of us, like, not intentional. Yeah. It was by accident, totally by accident, but uh, I, I didn't realize until I got home, and, and I don't know what I was looking at, but I thought, oh, oh that's today. Okay, good. So yeah, that's today. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, I saw something I think in the paper or something. They said something about National Cheeseburger Day that I, I I was reading a little bit of the paper last night, and I there was a little small thing National Cheeseburger Day. So so well, good, good. I'm I'm glad you continued on. Speaking of days, tomorrow's National Butterscotch Pudding Day. Uh, which I can't think of any wine right now that goes with that, but I love butterscotch pudding. So that Friday, National Pepperoni Pizza Day. So uh, there, are, there's all sorts of wines you can have with that. Have you, you know, white wines or light reds or anything. That, that's good. Also, Friday's National Quaso Day. Q U E S O. What's a Quaso? Do you know, engineer? What? A Quaso. Q U E S O Quaso. I I have no idea what it is. I that's what I'm asking. Cheese and salsa dip. Let's see if she's right this time, because I'm sure Mike's looking it up even as we speak. Yep. Queso queso, not queso. Queso. It's queso. Oh. Queso queso dip is a Mexican cheese dip. I usually get the white queso there when I go. go to a Spanish restaurant. I usually get the uh, white queso, and they it's delicious white with the queso. nachos and. Yes. Yeah. They have cheddar. Oh. They have different different types, but uh, you know, different chilies, and it spicy. could be uh, spicy. And yeah, it's really good. It's good stuff. Oh, I never it's had good. it. I always get the yellow. <laughs> you know, they bring it to me, and yeah. I enjoy it before the meal, and think I can make a meal out of this. And then I work That's right. <laughs> my food. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, oh, so that's <laughs> tomorrow also. And then Saturday, National Pecan Cookie Day. And uh, International Day of Peace. I want to bring that up too. That's start, that is Saturday. Sunday is National Ice Cream Cone Day. So you can, I suppose, you can have it in the sugar cones or you know the whatever type of cones they are. But National Ice Cream Cone Day. <coughs> Excuse me. Monday, National White Chocolate Day. Which actually, there's no such thing as white chocolate, I think, as far as the actual white chocolate. I don't think there is. It it, it isn't a thing. It's made, but I don't think it's a thing. Tuesday, National Cherries Jubilee Day. That's good, too. You can can have yourself a nice, sweet wine with that. Get yourself a salt churn or an ice wine or any of those, but that, that would be good. Wednesday, here's a good one, National Lobster Day. So uh, that's uh, all sorts of wines you can have with lobster and all sorts of ways you can have lobster. Uh, I think it's the season for lobster, too. I think, you know, what is it, the uh, uh, Red Lobster is having their lobster fest or something like that. So I think it's season for lobster. So that's... Lobster, National Lobster Day coming up next Wednesday. And next Thursday we'll be back on again, but that's National Key Lime Pie Day. 
National Dumpling Day, and National Pancake Day. So a bunch of them coming up next Thursday. So there you go. That's what our food is for the coming week here. Match it up, pair it up with your wines, and enjoy. That's uh, Food and wine are great, great combinations there, so that's a good way to do it. Okay, let's see. What else? Oh, the Wine Consumer Speaks. Wine Lovers International. There's a competition coming up put on by Wine Lovers uh, Tasters Guild in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is the 24th annual. Uh, consumers evaluate wines by variety and price. Professional judges sit on the tasting panels in an advisory capacity, but they don't really do the judging. It's ultimately the people who buy the wine that award the double gold, gold, silver, bronze medals, and all that. If you want to go and be part of it, you can. I mean, they grab people to do the tastings. Uh, if you are want to enter any wine, it's fifty dollars per wine, and only two bottle samples are required. A lot of these places go as much as five bottles, but they only require two bottles. This is coming up on October the fourth and fifth. Deadline for entry is September the twenty-sixth. So we're approaching the deadline here. But if you want to get a hold of them, you can get a hold of them. Possibly, uh, if you're going to be in the area or something like that, and you want to be a judge on that, you can. Email them at Joe B J O E B at tastersguild dot com, or give them a call six one six four five four seven eight one five. I think that'd be cool to do a tasting of. You know, I've never been a judge, and I think that'd be cool to do a tasting like that and judge stuff. So that's twenty fourth annual consumer wine judging, and we also still have coming up in the near future here, the Wine Spectators uh, New York Wine Experience, which is Thursday, October 17th, Friday, October 18th, $475 for a VIP ticket, 630 to 10, or general admission is only, only $375, but they have 273 wines rated 90 or above. Plus, delicious gourmet buffet featuring hot and cold dishes to enjoy, and a tasting book and pen to write down your choices. You know, you'd almost end up spending all the time at the buffet. I, I'm afraid on something like that, that they have all those unique things. You'd want to jump over and taste that. But uh, coming up October the 17th and 18th, and it's a whole weekend of stuff. You don't have to just stop there. And then the Grand Tour, Wine Spectators Grand Tour, hitting Chicago on Wednesday, April the 22nd, 2020, Las Vegas, Saturday, April 25th, 2020, and Washington, D.C., Friday, May 1st, 2020. More on that as it gets closer and we get more information. Mike and I were talking, and he is going to be our representative at Epcot Food and Wine Festival. He is, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to mic him while he goes on there, but uh, he (laughs) is going to try to check out the Food and Wine Festival and give us a full report on it. So we will be looking forward to that. That goes on. The Epcot Food and Wine Festival goes from now until the end of November, 
I don't know if it's every day or just weekends or what. Did you ever check on that, Mike? Did you find out? I was looking it up, and I well, let me find out something real quick. Um, I thought it was every day, don't because they, they have um, they have concerts and uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on in there. Um, let me get the schedule here. Yeah, I'll pull it up. I had it on here. I, think, I know there was entertainment and all kinds of good goodies going on. Uh, um, I uh, read something interesting. Oh, you find it? No, I'm trying to pull uh, it up here. I, there was something blocking it. I, I read something interesting. Walt Disney came down and bought the land for Disney World, but Disney World was an attraction secondary to what his thoughts were of making a town, a village, mm-hmm. uh, not what we have now, the Disney Village, but an actual village there, a city, if you will, and having all the anonymities of a city and with hospitals and offices and everything else, people working at Disney. When he died, the corporation did not want to continue being founders of a city and all the complications that it involved, and so they converted it over to Epcot and made it Epcot and incorporated all the different countries and cities in it, so... That the was something event I is daily. Day, oh, sorry, daily from August 29th through November 19th. Um, 19th, not. Okay. Yeah, November okay. 19th. Daily, wow. Yeah, they have. Um, there's. Um, uh, what do you call it? entertainment um, mu- musical performances um, and uh, major recording artist, and it's all part of the event as well. So there's and it's all kinds of genre too. So it's not like uh, it's just going to be rock or jazz or whatever. But there's going to be it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's some it's some, hot, some big hot. names and any yeah, number of days, probably of different regions, two different areas. If you've mm-hmm. never been to Epcot, it's well worth it just to go. It is fascinating. And then with the Wine Food Festival, it just adds a whole new dimension to it also. And all the concerts, and it's big enough, too. They can have two or three concerts going on at the same time or two or three groups and never interfere with each other. They would never – it would not be something that would – the sound would uh, affect the other. So that's uh, coming up until November 19th every day, the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And maybe Mike's going make to a, make a trip in there and – let us know what's going on with it and give us a, a first-hand <laughs> the man on the street. <laughs> the yeah. man on the street. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see if he can't do that between now and November the 19th. That gives you a month, almost two months. What's today? The 19th? That gives you two whole months. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> yeah. So let's hope you, you can make it. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. Wine tonight I am sipping on is an Indaba, I-N-D-A-B-A, Indaba, Chenin Blanc, 2017 vintage. It is out of, I believe, South Africa. I think this one is a South African wine. Uh, mm, yeah. White wine of origin, Western Cape, product of South Africa. It is, and Daba is also the cornerstone of philanthropic movement to bring early childhood education to those most in need 
in the Cape Winelands community. So this is one of the goals of the Vendaba Winery. But the Chenin Blanc is a sustainably grown, superbly crafted. This is, yeah, it doesn't say biodynamic on it. And I was talking to somebody who was tasting this, and they said it doesn't say biodynamic on it, but I've never seen a wine that actually says biodynamic on the label. Uh, it's almost like it's a, a rare thing to put it on there. It's, uh, people don't understand it, and so they don't put it on the label for fear of people not understanding it, I guess. But this says... For more, visit Indaba Wines, I-N-D-A-B-A Wines.com. This says, drawn from the world's oldest soil, Indaba Wines are crafted by family farmers who have perfected their art over generations. These are real wines made by real people. That doesn't tell you squat, does it? Okay, but I think this is, is this sustainably grown? I think this might be a, well, I don't know, uh, biodynamic or not. Uh, I'm bottle. looking on their website. Yeah, I'm looking on their the, – I have the um, uh, 2017 Chenin Blanc um, spec sheet, I guess is what it's called. And oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's there's nothing on here that says uh, – I mean, it goes into some detail on, on vinification and maturation, vintage, vineyards – and all that, but nothing says, uh, I don't see any words here saying uh, biodynamic or anything like that. So, Or, uh, or even organic, you know. Yeah, but no, I yeah, it doesn't make any references. But it does say sustainably grown on the label, so I don't know. I just, it's it's strange. It's good. <laughs> it's a nice and blanc. I, the reason we got it, it uh, this is one of these we picked up at the tasting went to about a month ago, and it's a good Chenin Blanc. It's got some nice flavors to it. It's light. It's not real acidic. Uh, a little, little bit of citrus note to the nose. Uh, it's uh, uh, not offensive for Chenin Blancs, and some people don't like them because they can tend to be a little acidic. This one isn't. So uh, it's, it's very nice. This will go out. This will go well with some nice lighter meals and stuff. Uh, if you're looking for a pleasant white wine, then this would fit the bill very well. And, I, you know, it, it wasn't real expensive. I think it was around $10, $12. But I, I, I know it didn't say anything about it. You're right on the website, and the people didn't know. And wait a minute. I'm looking at the collar here. This is a screw cap. It was, it, it was a screw cap. Stelvin. Yes, a Stelvin cap. And it, but on the screw cap itself, mm-hmm. there is a little thing that says integrity and sustainability certified. Yes. And that I did find information on another page on their website under, uh, it says our story and there's a link for sustainability. And it does um, it does mention that certified by the Wine and Spirit Board of South Africa. Um, the seal is a guarantee of the wine's origin, vintage, and variety, as stated on the wine label. It is also a guarantee that the wine complies with IPW criteria, integrated production of wine, 
a voluntary environmental protection program established by the South African wine industry. Uh, the seal ver- verifies your bar- bottle of Indaba was crafted under strict guidelines requiring eco-friendly wine production and sustainable agricultural manufacturing and packaging practices. Wow. So, pretty good standards there, but nothing about biodynamic or organic. So, I would have to say it's not, but it is a good wine that's prepared sustainably. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's nice, though. It's it's, it's a pleasant Chenin Blanc. It, It really... Is uh, it's a good example of a Chenin Blanc. I, we usually tend to gravitate toward reds, and during the tasting at that we went to ABC, we picked up whites, and we thought, well, you know, if we got these, why not try to taste some of these? These are, and this is good. Uh, the Indaba, I would definitely do another one of these. It is well worth. Uh, like I said, I think the cost around twelve, ten something. It's well worth the cost. If you see it anywhere, grab it. Uh, it is a good wine. And so uh, that was that's our wine for tonight. Let's see what else. I, oh, we have a couple of. Uh, as soon as I can find my cursor, there it is. We have a couple of wineries that have events coming up here real soon, and. Let me get into that and find it here. Okay, here we go. This is not a winery, but it is an interesting thing. I received an email, and I get this uh, from Virginia Wineries. It's from Virginia Wine. It is a uh, a website for the... uh, uh, Virginia Wine Council, or whatever you want to call it, virginiawines.org. And they are saying this is Virginia Wine Month. October marks the start of the Virginia Wine Month, a tradition that began in 1988. And so uh, it's coming up. So in October, Virginia is having their celebration for Virginia Wine Month Harvest Party. Is a day for uh, for the Commonwealth to come together to toast the richness of the region, and I I thought they saying Commonwealth there. I didn't think Virginia was a Commonwealth. I thought the only Commonwealth was Massachusetts. <laughs> I may be wrong. Uh, start planning your itinerary online. Request a Virginia Winery Guide. You can do that if you want a Virginia Winery Guide. Um, create an account at virginiawine.org, or you can go and download the virginia.wine.app. All right, is that it? Uh, Stuck the region you want to visit, add wineries to your itinerary, and all sorts of stuff. So Virginia is celebrating their Virginia Wine Month in October and harvest parties and all sorts of stuff. Now is the time to gear up for it and start doing it. So if you're in that area, if you're going to be in that area, jump on it. Presque Isle. Presque Isle is a winery located in Pennsylvania. They are big. If you are a winemaker, you are familiar with Presque Isle because Presque Isle sells supplies, lots and lots of supplies. 
you can get just about anything you want for your winery from Periscal. Reasonable prices, good shipping, good customer service. But they are also a winery. And I believe we talked to them as a winery back uh, when we were talking about Pennsylvania a few years ago. Periscal is located at 9440 West Main Street in Northeast. That's in Pennsylvania. And they have stuff coming up that uh, different events and stuff. They have tastings there. They also have juice if you want to you want to get juice from them, if you want to get uh, anything. If you are a winemaker, a home winemaker, then they have everything and anything you need. Uh, they're very good. They're open from 9 to 5, five days a week. Uh, and, uh, oh, Supply Shop, 9 to 5 on Saturday, 9 to 2 on Sunday. And then I'm not sure there are through the week, but they they are good. They, they've got juice. They, you can pick up Sangiovese, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Old Vine Zimmerdale. Uh For example, Cabernet Sauvignon, $22 a gallon, so you can get a gallon of cab for $22, uh, which, you know, it's a good price. I don't think it's finished, but you can pick that stuff up there. So Presque P-R-E-S-Q-U-E, Presque Isle, I-S-L-E, P-I-C-Wine.com. Uh, P-I-C but Presque it's I get stuff from them periodically, and it's just some good, good information there. Uh, Virginia Wine Month. Okay, we just looked at that. And oh, Whispering Oaks. Weather is starting to cool down. Boy, aren't they optimistic? Uh, they said the weather is starting. They're located just east of Gainesville, north of Tampa. So they have events coming up on the weekends. Steak night every Friday night and our Saturday night. Uh, Friday night. They have steak night, twenty-eight fifty per person, not include gratuity, and they have all sorts of stuff on it. They have live music coming up, the Muds, Dale Stumbo, and Richie Q over the next couple of weekends. And they also have uh, their uh, constant wine tasting and uh, wine pairing dinner coming up on a week away. Yeah. They are also going to be doing a Viking River and Ocean Cruise. Uh, where at? It doesn't say. I don't know. It's coming in October. But they got all sorts of stuff there. So get a hold of them. This was a big email. Get a hold of them at winesofflorida.com. Or, uh, well, that's really the best way to do it, www.winesofflorida.com. For Prescott, open every day of the week except Monday, and they're closed on Monday. Uh, nice place up there. You you would enjoy that. And let's see, this I got another one here, Innery River. I think if I can find where they are, there they are. Okay, Innery River. They are in South Carolina, I believe. Is that right? Yep, South Carolina, Newberry, South Carolina. Henry River has pre-order your cranberry wine, 
save $6 off every two bottles of cranberry wine you pre-order online. So uh, you can go to bit.ly slash cranberry-wine, and you can do that. Newberry Harvest Festival, October the 12th. I mentioned that last week, I believe, that is coming up. Pack the Port, Henry River Winery, Wine Plus Music Series, free admission at uh, first Pack the Port Wine and Music event is Sunday, September the 29th. Free admission. And then you can purchase all the wines and sit there and listen to music and all that. So that sounds that sounds great. And it's a continuous thing, too. They have a, a lineup of events coming for Pack the Porch on uh, uh, way up until the 3rd of November. So a lot of things going on, a lot of stuff happening there at Innery Winery in South Carolina. You can get a hold of them at uh, well, let me see, where is it? There we go. Henry River Vineyards dot com. Henry E N O R E E Henry River Vineyards. And uh, if you have any information or have any questions, I think you can also call them 803-276-2855. And I think that's it for our winery catch-up for tonight. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, and then there's nothing on this one. No, I've got Virginia Wines. Tassel Ridge. Okay, there's another one. Tassel Ridge Winery, located in Iowa. Uh, again, they're ongoing stuff there. They have it all the time. Uh, they're located in southeast Iowa, a little town uh, in southeast Iowa called Lighton, southeast of Des Moines. You can visit them at tasselridgewinery.com I believe let me see what it says here Uh, tasselridge.com there's no winery tassel t-a-s-s-e-l tasselridge.com so and again there are ongoing stuff there going uh, happening out there and they're finishing up harvest now I believe but they got some great wines big big lineup of wines there so you can go visit so that's it Found something interesting this past week that I thought was fascinating, and I it was in the Wall Street Journal, but it's on their website. And this was I've been saving it because I was afraid I was going to lose it, so I've been careful not to eliminate it for any reason. But this is your guide to NFL wines and winemakers. National Football League wines and winemakers. Now, it's not what's being served. It is who owns wineries and in the NFL and, and all that. It's just very interesting. I'm still trying to gather up information to see what each sports venue serves as far as wine goes. And it's very difficult to get a hold of stuff because most of the times they don't list them. 
and so I've been trying to trying to find out what they all serve, and once I do, I'll get a, something together, and I'll have impose on Mike to put together some sort of a, a website. Maybe we can, or even add it to ours or something. But that's in the future. Right now, we got this. This is a definitive guide to the NFL and wine. Uh, 2019 season, more teams than ever have announced official wine partnerships, bringing Cabernets and Victories sparklers to the stadium and living rooms. Okay. Across the league are discovering wine and flaunting their bona fides from the Panthers quarterback Cam Newton's sommelier stallings to Vikings rookie linebacker Cam Smith. Uh, these are the wines. Okay, there and. Got veterans that are out there with their wines and everything else. Uh, Lamar Hunt, who started the American Football League and coined the term Super Bowl, is one of the gridiron pros who founded wineries. And here is a, a brief list, uh, I guess complete. I would have to trust this article. Drew Bledsoe, former New England Patriots quarterback. His wine is Doubleback Cellars, Bledsoe fam- Family Wines, uh, owned by Bledsoe and McDaniels. First vintage was in 2007. Uh, they've been making wine as native eastern Washington for nearly as long as his NFL career, but he uh, has recently had a very good batch, a state-of-the-art Walla Walla winery, for 2018 vintage was uh, phenomenal, they're saying. He's also launching a new label. Having a winery specifically focused on Pinot Noir and Syrah, which is the only one that he does, will be clarifying for our customers and will give the wines a greater sense of purpose and authenticity that they deserve, Bledsoe said. So... Drew Bledsoe and his winery. We also have John Elway, who is the former Broncos quarterback and current president GM of uh, Denver Broncos. His wine, Seven Cellars. It's in Rutherford, California, project specializing in Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay. He's partnered with Robert Manavi Jr. and Mari Wells Coyle. First season was 2015, first vintage. Uh, he said that uh, proceeds from Seven Sellers benefits Team Rubicon, an organization that helps the veterans use their training to assist fellow citizens in times of natural disaster. So there is a a cool thing that these profits are going to, which is which is really nice. So uh, the uh, the label is Seven Sellers. I see. You know, seven sellers. That's what Elway's number, by the way, during his career with the Broncos was number seven. So, next one, Terry Hogue, former NFL safety. He has TH Estates wines, uh, focusing on Rhone styles and Paso Ropos. His wife is his partner in this winemaking. His first season, first vintage, 2002. He purchased a vineyard in 2002 in what is now the Willow Creek AVA of Paso Ropos and planted most of the vines themselves. Now it encompasses 26 acres 
in a big variety of Syrah, Grenache, Malverde, and a few white owned varieties. Uh, his wife, Jennifer, is the primary winemaker now. They join other area winemakers founding MUST, a church used to fund community education, health, and economic initiatives in the Bosseropolis area. And then, like I mentioned earlier, and here it is again, the winery of the founder of the American Football League and also the founder of the American of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, he didn't found the, he moved them to Kansas City. They were a Texas team. They moved them to Kansas City. Uh, Lamar and Norma Hunt, uh, the wine name Perfect Season, and Knights Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. They're in partnerships with Filippi Milka, the first. Vintage 2002, uh, Norma, the wife of Lamar, fell in love with wine on trips to Tuscany and Napa, and so she named Perfect Season in honor of her late husband, Lamar, who was skeptical about entering into the wine business at first. Uh, when she first asked him about buying a small vineyard, he rolled his eyes and says, I'm a very good businessman, but I know this is going to be a difficult business, so I'm not sure. Well, they did, and it did well. After his death in 2006, Norman continues to oversee everything, and uh, she is now she does now have wines at uh, Chief's Theme Arrowhead Red and Gold Reserves Knights Valley Cabernet. So it's uh, continue to grow it, continue to take care of it, and it is available at the Chiefs game. Next one, Dan Marino and Damon Hurd, former NFL quarterbacks. Their wine, Passing Time. It's a Washington Cabernet-focused winery. They're in partnership with Chris Peterson of Avenia Wine, their first vintage, 2012. Uh, they started back in the 90s when Marino introduced Howard to Washington Wines, and they fell in love with it. And they always talked about going into partnership someday, and when they retired, they did. And so now they are concentrating on one wine. That is Cabernet Sauvignon. And it is, uh, you know, multiple vintages and stuff since 2012, and they've they've got the money to do it uh, and do it well. And so they're sitting on the ones that need to be aged, and they're putting the others in there and uh, doing a great job. They have expanded to include Appalachian-specific Cabernets from Horse, Haven Hills, Red Mountain, and Walla Walla. And then their flagship Columbia Valley Bordeaux blend. So they have done quite well on it, different vintages, different sources, and this is what they're doing, Cabernet Sauvignon. Carmen Policy, a former president of the San Francisco 49ers, also has his winery uh, in partnership with Thomas Brown. It's Casa Pina, P-I-E-N-A, a Napa winery specializing in Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, he uh, eventually held, uh, or he went up to the uh, Napa Valley and found himself uh, some vineyards and bought himself a vineyard. 
he began Casa Pina, which means full house in Italian, back in 2003 and has minty vintages and uh, has been used to celebrate at uh, different events for the 49ers since he started it. Dick Vermeil, Super Bowl winning former NFL coach. Vermeil Wines, specializing in Napa and Sonoma, Cabernet Sauvignon, Zimadol, Chardonnay, and more. Thomas Brown and Andy Jones are partners. The first year they did a vintage, 1999, so they've been in it for 20 years now. Started as a hobby, is now a full-fledged wine business. The same grapes his grandfather picked for the Ferdini Vineyard are still used today to make Vermeil's flagship cabs. But he also sources fruit from other areas. It's like having a great football team, he says. And you uh, got to have a good quarterback, but then you can fill it in with great other people. So he has his vineyard in Napa. Charles Woodson. He's a former Oakland Raiders cornerback. 24 by Charles Woodson. An intercept. He partnered with Robert Bandavi, alumni Gustavo Gonzalez, and Rick Ruiz on 24, and O'Neill Venters and Distillers on intercept. 2001 was his first vintage, uh, and the 24 is a higher end cab and is focused on the terror of Napa, where they train, where he trained with, he was with the Raiders. Uh, Intercept was just launched in August of this year, actually last month. Uh, he just launched that. It is a more accessible line, he says, uh, of Apostle Ropel's Cabernet, Red Blend, Chard- Red Blend, and Chardonnay, plus a Monterey Pinot Noir. So the price point is down a little bit from his high-end Woodson 24. So uh, his, yeah, his. 24 by Charles Woodson. Teams also. Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, New York Giants. Wine, California Cabernet 2017 from Woodbridge. 2019 was first season. Woodbridge is launching 375 milliliter cans of Cabernet sporting gridiron themed uniforms. Wood. Bridge wine drinkers have expressed a love for football and are looking deeper into their interests. He saw an overlap with the football fandom, and he released a can, a Woodbridge can, which has a helmet on it and the little stripes of a football field. So, And can size, the can size shows on the can two and a half glasses of wine, which would be about 12 ounces or more. So maybe just a regular full-size can. Carolina Panthers, California Cabernet Sauvignon, marking 25 years of the team's existence in the NFL. Uh, Wine by Design has came out in 2019 with a Carolina Panther bottle label that is available at wine retailers, supermarkets, and uh, at Bank of America Stadium on the game, uh, on day of the games. And it uh, it's a uh, it says here Sauvignon Blanc, but it says here Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, 
I guess it's Cabernet Sauvignon, but uh, uh, hmm, yeah. So then, New York Jets, Jets uncorked a wine from Sonoma Napa, blend of primarily Zimodo with Merlot, Syrah, and Petit Syrah to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl three win. Uh, Cooper Kane founder Joe Wagner and his partner in it. First season they brought that out, first vintage, 2018. And the logo pays homage to the game-winning play 19 straight. It's got the Jets to the Super Bowl, uh, to win the Super Bowl, the 1968 Super Bowl. And it's a, a blend created uh, from wines out or grapes out of Napa. Tennessee Titans, California Red Blend, celebrating the team's 20th anniversary in Nashville. Uh, they're partnering with Pasaropo's Broken Earth Winery and Wine by Design. This is another one that has a label of the Titans uh, emblem on it. It is uh, heritage and sustainable farming practices, and it is in honor of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, wine, not whiskey. Indianapolis Colts. There's another one. Columbia Valley Cabernet Sauvignon, 2016, celebrating 35 years. And another one honoring Peyton Manning's retirement of a California Cabernet 2015, commemorating 10 years since the Super Bowl, 26 Super Bowl victory. Uh, Oregon winemaker Andre Houston Mack of Maison Noir. Uh, the balling sign of Manning was unveiled with the quarterback statue at the stadium. And at $400 a bottle, maybe the most elite of the NFL wines, uh, or at least it's the most collectible. And then we have some other wineries and other, our other wines and other wineries Green Bay Packers, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs. New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, Philadelphia Eagles, and San Francisco 49ers. The red wine for all these teams is a blend of Central Coast Cabernet Sauvignon and Monterey Merlot. Aged 15 years, or 15 years, 15 months in French and American oak. And each team has a different set of designs etched onto its bottles to commemorate championships and anniversary years. The sparkling wine is Lodi. Blanc de Blancs, and it's partnering with Mano Wines in Kansas City, Missouri. We are always in discussion with several teams in the league. Some approach us, we approach others. Uh, Mano's executive vice president has said, so far the bottles are ex- intended as keepsakes or for armchair consumption, but we have some products that in the works for 2020 season that will be seen in and around the stadiums for fans to drink. And uh, so that is, uh, well, they showed some pictures of the <laughs> of the Patriots bottles, and there is seven of them, all of them with a Super Bowl uh, champion number and uh, logo on the label. And also, the last one here is unofficial wine. Worston Reds and Whites, Seattle Seahawks, Northwest Cellars Winery. Formerly, the winery offered a Seahawks one, uh, 
1-2 label or 12 label, a hat tip to the Seahawks fans who call themselves the 12th man at Seattle Games. But their legal team put a stop to that. Northwest owner Bob Delft told Unfiltered, now fans can get any Northwest bottle labeled with an I'm in. Seahawks hued design and a nod to another team mantra, but this one trademarked by Delft. So, <laughs> so they can't use the 12th man uh, because they got sued, so they had to stop that. Well, and there you go. That's wines that are being owned and being made by ex-NFL players. And, you know, they have enough money they can do it, and that's why they do it. Uh, I'm sure if I could find a list of all actors that have wineries, that would be quite extensive, too, because they have the money to do it, and they can do it. Um, a lot of the times, that's what you need to have wineries. I've read prices before, and I still haven't heard from the company that was sending me those those uh, real estate things. I'm going to have to get a hold of them again. I was hoping to hear from them. So uh, there is a lot of wineries out there and a lot of wines. We never, never never have time to try everything, I'm afraid. Found a couple of interesting articles here, a couple of interesting things I want to share with you. Uh, first one here, I think, is... Oops, not there. Let me go back over. Uh, back over to here. And there. Okay. The Napa Wine Train. Napa Wine Train is celebrating 30 years as a institution in Napa. 30 years, geez. Uh, it first opened in uh, train started back in 1987 uh, with funds. Well, here this this article pretty much breaks it down. It said that. On Monday, the Napa Valley Wine Train will celebrate 30 years of transporting grapes. And this was last Monday, this this past Monday. Celebrate 30 years of transporting grape-loving travelers to wineries in Northern California. Despite its longevity, the controversial railroad has had its share of highs and lows. Train started back in 1987. Now, that's more than 30 years, 87, 97. What's the date on this article here? date on the article is last Friday. Well, I don't know. Oh, well. Train started back in 1987 when San Francisco food purveyor, uh, purveyor Vincent DiDomonico used funds from the sale of his Ricearoni and Ghirardelli chocolate empire to purchase 21 miles of tracks along the former Southern Pacific Railroad line. Inspired by trips along the famed Oriental Express, uh, Domenico restored eight vintage Pullman cars with the decadent finishes of a bygone era and hoped to carry a projected 450,000 passengers per year to wineries in Napa Valley. The opulent dining venture immediately ran into opposition from locals who feared the tourist attraction would turn the rural wine region into Disneyland 2.0. And they protested, by the way. 
there was protests all up and down the line for the first week or so that they ran that thing. Every stop, every intersection, everywhere they went, they had signs protesting this wine train. Despite the public resentment, the venture slowly picked up steam. And then in 2015, the train took another major blow when members of the primarily African-American sisters on the Reading Edge Book Club were escorted off the train by law enforcement officers after they received a complaint that the women were speaking too loudly and allegedly disturbing passengers on the train. <coughs> Excuse me. I told you about that. That was back uh, a couple years ago. I, I told you about that. The racial discrimination controversy led to a one or into eleven million dollar lawsuit, which was settled for an undisclosed sum by the train's new owners, real estate firm Brooks Street, and partner Noble House Hotels and Resorts. And they just recently had bought the train, actually. Since then, the wine train has worked hard to recover from the public relations crisis. They have expanded their list of offerings to include murder mystery dinners, beer tasting trips, and yuletide rides with Old St. Nick. Plans are in the works to transform the Vinci's terminal into a 148-room luxury hotel, accommodating the slew of new travelers from across the globe. The train continues to chug away toward a brighter future despite its storied past, and it will continue to do so. They had uh, they have some pictures along with this article here. It shows some of the protests that they were doing alongside just say no to the train, the wine train no, and stuff like that. But that didn't stop people. They still came. They still traveled on it. They still did it. It had the very high-end opulent restaurant car, uh, diner car, and they had great food. That is one of the aspects of the wine train you can do if you really want to. Uh, the depot in St. Helena is a little small quaint depot, which is still there. I don't know if that's the one that they're looking at building the opulent hotel at or not. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, though. But there's, uh, they go from St. Helena up to, uh, or from Napa, I'm sorry, up, up to St. Helena. I, I think uh, this is, uh, the train travels at about 4 to 15 miles per hour through the entire route. It passes by 26 wineries uh, all along Highway 29, which is the same road that goes through Napa Valley. And uh, it, you, the train's, like, you know, my, and not right next to it, but, you know, within a quarter of a mile of Highway 29, almost the entire time it travels up there. But uh, 29 vineyards uh, as it travels. And it, uh, high-end, like I say, high-end, restaurant and it's uh it doesn't give the price i don't know they, they vary the price so many different times on this I, i've looked up prices before and i look up again and it varies so but if you're in napa plan on a ride on the wine train it's worth it it really is it's fun it, it, it's fun to do it once it's i think it's about the only place i know of that has a dedicated wine train just for uh vineyards and stuff so it is really 
uh, well worth your time and effort to check that out. Uh, Phloxra. We talked about Phloxra. There's a Phloxra guide here. Uh, I think this is the one that I might have told you about. Yeah, it is. Uh, they just just recently I was finding Phloxra in Walla Walla, Washington. Ooh, that's not good. That really isn't good. They're finding Phloxra in Walla Walla, Washington. And uh, because of that, they're a little bit concerned because that could devastate the area there like it has devastated the world over the years. So they're still looking for a cure. There's been all sorts of stuff saying they have found cures for vaccinations and sprays and all different things. Sprays don't work. The bug flies away and then comes back and stuff. So uh, the wing form nymphs hatch in the autumn and hibernate in the roots, and then in the springtime they start feeding. And that's what really kills the plants. No cure except good rootstock that is immune to it. But if they're getting problems in Walla Walla vineyards, then it might be a concern that they're going to have to check out there. So uh, not a good thing, not a good thing. Let me find something else. Let me go back to something else there. And I thought this was a interesting quick little article here. And is that it? Yeah, that's it. Let me pull this up here. This is... There it is. Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands is enormous. It's one of the biggest wine label wine companies in actually in the world. But they came out. Constellation Brands say millennials are drinking more because they are having kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love that. Constellation Brands executive said that. He said Constellation Branch is seeing an uptick in the millennial generation consumption of alcohol. About three-quarters of the millennials in the U.S. are consuming alcohol at SMH. And Generation X, those ages 21 to 24, are consuming alcohol more slowly than the millennials. The little article, the short article, goes on to say that beer and wine producer Constellation Branch is seeing an uptick in alcohol consumption among the millennial generation. When you said the millennials are drinking more, I'm like, that's because they have kids, said Barclays analysis Lauren Lieberman. Lieberman made the comment somewhat jokingly during the discussion with Constellation Brands. Well, the CFO of Constellation Brands, David Klein, says, <clears throat> Excuse me again. Says I think that's exactly right. He cited constellation of research on millennials to back up his broader thesis. Company found that in 2013, millennials consumed about 2.4, 2.4, no, 24. Wow, 24. I was looking for a period. It's not that. 24 alcoholic drinks per month. But this year, that number climbed to about 29 per month with about 77% of all millennials in the United States drinking alcohol, he said. So 
they don't see that in Generation Z, and they're at the drinking age from 21 to 24. They don't see that, and it's not climbing nearly as much. And they said that Generation Z are consuming alcohol slightly more slowly than the millennials did at that age. Uh, he thinks that the reason is that the millennials are starting to have kids now. And because of that, it's driving them to drink. So there you go, Constellation Branch and all other alcoholic beverages out there. Kids will drive you to drink. And any of us who've ever had kids can probably attest to that. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, I saw... Let me see, is this it? Okay. I said something to you about, excuse me, I said something to you about the lawsuit from a grower. Uh, Montazi Vineyards was saying that they were being, that they were suffering financial loss because there was a marijuana grower next to them and the smell of marijuana was getting into their wines and so they sued and it went to court to see if it can be continued on as a lawsuit at the time i didn't have an answer the judge ruled that the vineyard can continue the lawsuit and they're proceeding with a racketeering lawsuit against the vineyard so We'll see what's going to happen with that. It's uh, Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act is what they're suing under. And we'll see what happens. Haven't uh, This is just just came out. This is just a new release here. just came out that they did say that they can go ahead with the lawsuit. And so we'll see what happens with that. I... Uh, Let's see, and I had something else here. Let me find it uh, per second. Where is that? Revolution. Oh, there we go. Uh, because of kids. Okay, now this, I saw this headline. I, I, I read this article, and I had a couple of different couple of different reactions to it. Headline said, Keontae producers to consider increasing sweetness to, quote, appeal to women, end quote, and younger drinkers. <coughs> Excuse me. My first thought was, chuckle, chuckle. My second thought was, boy, I would really be offended if I were a woman. I mean, that sort of seems sexist to me. Um, uh, Maybe women do like a sweeter wine. I don't know. I found both men and women who love sweet wines when they came into the winery. So it wasn't just women. Yeah, people have sweet tooth and they like a sweeter wine. But it's not just specific to women or to gender. It is across the board. But the headline, when I saw that, said, whoa, that's, I, I'm not, I, I'm not really seeing how, they can justify saying that, but they are looking at it. They're looking at sweetening it to appeal to more women and a new generation of young drinkers 
because it's they think it's too dry. The red wine has been produced uh, by the same name since the 13th century, and now they've approved requests from the county wine consortium that will allow wine producers to raise the level of residual sugars from the grape they use to produce the famous wine in line with European regulations. Yeah, my engineer from the background just said they better not call it Classic County then because I'll tell you what, it sure won't be if they're going to start sweetening it. According to the latest figures, Agriculture Institute Italy is expecting to produce 46 million hectoliters of wine in 2019, 16% less than last year. And so it has some concern, and they think part of the reason is that it's too dry. Uh, the Chianti Consortium, which represents 3,000 growers in and around Florence, insists an increase in residual sugar will soften the taste of Chianti rather than give it a sweeter taste. Under new rules, they will be able to add two grams per liter to the acidity total, which varies from one wine to another. And until now, county producers were required to keep their sugar levels to a maximum limit of four grams per liter. But they can raise that a little bit. I think that's going to be going up to six. I don't know. I don't see it here. It doesn't say. It will still be a dry wine, they say, and the limit we have will be the same as other famous Italian wines, but it won't taste any sweeter. Wink, wink, I put in there. It's not an article, but I put in there. The county wine was a favorite of the famous Medici family that ruled Florence for centuries. Women want, more, want wines that are more fragrant with less tannin. This is a normal evolution, says the uh, head of the uh, Brunello family. So, I don't know. But I was just, when I first saw that, I'm thinking, ooh, you know, I don't know if I, why don't you word it differently than making it sweeter? But we'll see. That's that's going to happen. That's going to come up, and that's uh, they are going to do it. It's not it's not a matter of should we. It looks like it's pretty much we will, and that's it. So, and then one more thing, um, Argentina. Argentina is starting to classify their terrors. They feel that their regions are unique and their areas are unique and so they are going to start classifying terrors. Uh, terror being a French word meaning a, a specific place, a, a being of a place, a area that is unique in soil and climate and weather and everything else. Uh, the whole thing comes together to create a unique vineyard and a new grape which makes a unique wine and so they're uh there's no english word to interpret terror there's nothing that equals to it but now argentina is looking at having terror designated areas uh classifying terrors uh, in their uh, 
their terms. So uh, instead of just saying Argentina or Mendoza are equivalents of just saying California, uh, United States or California or Italy uh, and Tuscany, they're going to get more specific and start stating specific areas and regions and vineyards and stuff like that, which actually it's, it's a good idea. I mean, once people start learning it, which people won't, because people don't know a lot of the areas and stuff around the world. They just they, they don't look at that stuff. I mean, we have AVAs here in the United States that people don't look at So, and people don't know about. So if Argentina is going to do it, I am sure it will work well within their country. But once they start shipping those wines around the world, people probably could care. Well, they probably couldn't care less about the terror classifications of Argentina. So, there we go. Uh, That's our show for what I have to say tonight, unless Mike has anything to add. No, uh, I I did find a a website that lists uh, some celebrities. I'll send you a link to that, but it does list a few celebrities who are in the wine business. And... um, yeah, there's there's a, there's a few listed on here. I'm pretty sure there's more, but uh, who knows? Like uh, we know Francis Ford Coppola is one. Yeah. Um, but there's there's actors and and uh, who else? An NBA star, uh, that kind of thing. Musicians and uh, so yeah, there is a list out there, but it's it's not a very big list on here. But uh, like I said, I'm sure there's me. more. Yeah, because they have the money yeah. and it takes money to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, and and yeah, musicians. And I never thought of that. Spotlight, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, so um, possibilities. Uh, I didn't mention musicians, and they mm-hmm. they seem to always have money. So yeah. Uh, John Legend is one, and John Bon Jovi is one. So that was uh, never would have guessed that one either. So I saw John Bon Jovi. I go what? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, John Legend so, I knew about, but I didn't know mm-hmm. about John Bon yeah. Jovi having a vineyard. Huh. Yep. So, oh. um, but I'll, I'll send you that, and we can analyze that yeah, next good, time. Thanks. See what happens. Uh, let's see what else. I think I I listed smoke taint as the uh, topic tonight. <laughs> you know, and I thought about I that too. But I, I started reading read the article, read the technical article. Smoke yeah. taint <laughs> is it, it was a nice article. It's in my Harvest Guide 2019 book, and this is mm-hmm. sent out by ETS Labs. ETS Labs is a great lab. I used them some when I had the winery. And, and the, their harvest guide and their, their things they send out, I think, four times a year is great. I, I love it. And, but it's they get a little bit technical in some of the stuff. And as I was reading through the article here, I'm saying, okay, well, that's interesting, but I need to find a different definition to this and different definitions of that and all that. So, uh, yes, we will be talking about smoke tank yeah. as soon as I interpret this in your mind. Not that I don't, <laughs> yeah. my listeners are stupid, which I definitely don't, believe me. It's huh. just that some of this stuff I'm sitting there going, huh? And I had to read it a couple of times myself to really understand what they were saying. So I want to be able to mm. present it so it's simple, easy, and and I don't have to. Yeah. I don't want to read it out of the book, but I right. do want you all to understand 
what it's all about. I don't know that I, I'm rambling here because I, I I don't want to sound like I'm condensating to everyone is listening because I'm not. But I just no. I want to be sure that it's something that everyone understands as I'm going through it. And, and they do write technical in this book. I mean they they're, they're writing to winemakers and uh, so they are talking to people who are you know have degrees in winemaking and and uh stuff like that so chemist uh, <laughs> yeah you could uh, we're supposed to make it we're supposed to make wine more enjoyable and less confusing <laughs> so exactly exactly and what they want as i read into this i'm saying this can be confusing, and so I said, I'm never going to get this serpent in time for the show. So, so I set it over to the side here, and I have to go through yeah. it this week, and possibly next time. week I'll have have it laid out for you. So, okay. but again, not, a problem. not that you guys um, understand what I'm saying out there. It's just that there's no reason to no reason to make you go, huh? What does that mean? Yeah. All right, we will uh, we'll definitely yeah. look forward to that whenever. No, whenever you all don't have a mic yeah. background to interpret and find out stuff for you, so I do see some. So <laughs> I'll go through. <laughs> That's what yeah. I do. So, <laughs> it's yes. it's interesting because we have because we have the Facebook feed now, and I'm trying to change the little cards that you see on the Facebook video as you're talking, and I'm taking notes oh. at the same time, and then I'm doing the research, and so I'm I'm changing that the little squares that you know the topic that you're talking about and i'll update the topic on facebook i'll send a i'll put a note in my notes that i take for the shows and then i'll look something up on the computer i'm like i need like four more monitors that would be great if i could get the another computer with two monitors and have four i mean this would be perfect you know then i could just oh uh, i'll work on this computer for my research and you know <laughs> so, you need a couple of minions all right <laughs> you need a couple of minions Anyone else there wants to be Mike's yeah. minion, he can use a couple. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to be no yellow. Pay. What, what color is other? Yeah. No yeah. pay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no pay. Ooh. Just hey, a minion. Start that right. Okay. That's right. Unpaid minion. But you do get the yeah. – uh, you get in the credits yeah. and you get in the credits and the credit rolls and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we'll but, even uh, let you talk here once on the show. A, but uh, but uh, that's, that's stretching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Maybe say hi when we, you know, that's, that's yeah, it. Yeah. But Mike yeah. needs a, min- a couple minutes to, to do search the mm-hmm. bulk stuff. You have to know yes. what you're doing on that. You can't just step in there and say, how do you do this? Okay. Oh, that'd, that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think that's going to happen. Mike needs but, uh, to yeah. keep that in mind, and you can always minions. get in touch with us and all about wine, and we'll... <laughs> we'll get you we'll get I, going uh, from there. Oh. All right. It's, yeah, it, no big deal. Um, well, we will go ahead and end the show this week at, uh, for uh, September September 19th, and we will be back next week, the uh, last day of September, which is September 26th. And um, we will see you. Yeah, already. We're, we're into October pretty soon. I mean, next, yeah, next soon. Uh, week after next. So, yeah. Well, next Monday is the first so, day of autumn. Twenty third. Is it yeah, twenty third, wow. first day of autumn. 
I've noticed a difference in the weather already. It's been in the, the low 90s, upper 80s, and it's, it's just really As cold right now. So it's, 90s, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's feeling great. <laughs> it's changing. You know, so, and humidity. Uh, humidity used to be 95. Oh. Now it's only 70. So that's, yeah. you know. It's wonderful. doesn't make a big yeah. difference because right. it's supposed to be lower humidity Tuesday, and I was out playing golf, and oh my God, it was still so unbelievably hot. But I said it's not, it's not the humidity; it's the heat, which you know. And the guys <laughs> I was playing with didn't think that was funny, but <laughs> it's not the heat; it's humidity. I told him, no, it's not the humidity; it's the heat. You know? so, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll. we'll We'll see you on next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on uh, Facebook Live and on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks again for tuning in, and you all have a, a great week. And, um, enjoy Thanks for the listening. National Day Be here. safe out there. Yeah. And uh, see you next week. See you next week. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.